0: What up? What up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. John and I back together again. John, how is your Thursday evening?
1: It's going okay. It's going okay. A little f-
0: getting this mic set up and
1: everything, but I think we're good to go now. So
0: all the all the stuff in the background turned off. No no crazy noises. No yeah. dog. No dogs barking.
1: No, I do have a a rogue cat though. She. She might chime in. She gets kind of vocal around this time. <laughs> and you never know what the kids... Well, I think Hunter's not going to pop out of his crib, but if he does, that's, a bit, that's another story. <laughs> but Chloe, she could make a run-in for sure. And the wife, too. She can make a run-in, too, so...
0: All right. Well, the, uh, I think those are fine run ins. I, I don't mind those. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, we're going to talk about a lot of the news. There, wa- I mean, there wasn't, you know, it feels like this was kind of an easy week because there wasn't a ton of like craziness going on last weekend with shows and stuff. But there is news. There's tons of news, and uh, I think our uh, 93 raw review will be a little bit, uh, a little bit more of uh, a newsy version of that because you know we have the we have the show to review, but like tons of stuff is happening in WWE at this moment, like during this specific week, Uh, and uh, it's gonna be kind of fun to talk about because a lot of our favorites have moved on, like the Million Dollar Man, and there's news about where he was gonna go and. And all that stuff so we'll save that for the very end uh, a couple of notes before we get into it I was on the uh, I left my wallet podcast with uh, Antonio the promise Thomas we talked about this is just it's it's pretty much all sports related football and and such uh, 49ers and Raiders but he uh, he asked me to talk about going to the Oakland A's game with Big Dave Meltzer <laughs> last weekend. So I will save that. I won't repeat that story here. Uh, so if you are a, uh, a subscriber to the Wrestling Observer uh, and you want to hear uh, that story, uh, just check out Promise Thomas's podcast and uh, and you'll be able to hear that story of Dave Meltzer. Me, Dave Meltzer and I sitting in the team president, Dave Cavall's suite at the A's game, so that that was a lot of fun. Um, so the other thing I wanted to mention is, you know, we don't usually do this because you know we just kind of do this as a, as a as a hobby. But you know, the the folks that that do subscribe to the to our feed, our RSS feed, really appreciate you. And, uh, you know, we, I, I don't necessarily always enjoy it when people ask for, you know, five-star reviews on iTunes, but, uh, so we won't, I won't ask every week, but I just kind of want to throw that out there again. Uh, it, it does help. And, uh, and, you know, when people are looking at the podcast and, you know, they're wondering, you know, how we're doing, like, that's part of the, you know, it's part of the analytics to, to this stuff. So if you get a chance and, you know, you enjoy it, five-star review would be very helpful for us and I will be grateful uh, so two quick shout outs um, the first shout out is uh, J.R. Kratos because he is going to be wrestling at the Bloodsport show this weekend uh, I don't even, I didn't even get the guys who he was facing it was someone who I didn't recognize uh, Eric Hammer trains with
1: uh, Josh Barnett and a um, little trivia for you actually Eric Hammer, JR Kratos is supposed to wrestle or fight, excuse me they're supposed to fight on that first show in New York, but things got for some reason. Eric Hammer couldn't do it, or so that's why Simon Gotch got the spot.
0: And uh, that's a interesting show. I think it, it loses a little bit of luster because Moxley can't go. I think Moxley and Josh Barnett was kind of um, in, in a day where you know we've sort of seen every kind of match. Like this is kind of like a dream match, right? Like. Josh Barnett, real guy, Moxley, you know, WWE guy, now AEW guy. And they were going to do a, a fight, a, a really, you know, UWFI style pro wrestling match. So a uh, little bit of luster loss, but I, I still see a lot of people really interested in the show. Um, so JR is uh, he, Jr was great in that first show. Uh, I thought he looked like a million bucks, and uh, good luck to him on this show as well. Uh, I'm gonna try and figure out if there's a way to to find the time to check it out because I do, I do, I did like that first show. I thought it was probably uh, maybe my. F- my favorite show of that WrestleMania weekend. I can't remember what we said when we did that podcast, but uh, anyway, so shout out to JR. And also, you know, he, uh, he had a a child uh, earlier today. So congratulations to him on that as well. The second shout out is to, um, one of John's favorite people on our, on our Facebook group. And I have to shout him out because he's just been so wild of late. (laughs) Alex Torres, limon. Alex has been somebody who, uh, once I started recording on The Observer, he would hit me up on Twitter, and then I invited him into our Facebook group. He's a, he's a really good guy, a little bit of a shit stir in our Facebook group, but um, I want to shout out Alex because, you know, he's constantly creating topics and posting comments and just keeping conversations going, you know, irritating people on purpose, I think sometimes too, but, uh, but I just want to shout Alex out too, um, you know, thanks for thanks for being in the group. Um so the the big story of the week actually uh was basically made uh, final just a couple days ago which is Anthem the parent company of Impact Wrestling they partnered or took majority ownership bought majority ownership in the Mark Cuban TV stations Access AXS and HD Net movies, and the the big thing about Access is uh, the television show that they have on uh, on there, which is the New Japan show. And um, you know, there had been talks about Anthem trying to, to get time on Access. Uh, the the Women of Wrestling show was also on there, and Access, you know, they didn't want another wrestling show. Uh, and, you know, there's, I'm sure there's something with New Japan because New Japan and Impact do not get along. Uh, and, you know, some of that, I think probably most of that has to do with the way that they've treated previous New Japan talent when they've come in as younger guys like Kazuchika Okada. And um, so so instead of, you know, they, they they were sort of rebuffed in their efforts to get on that station and decided that, hey, you know, let's let's think about buying this thing. And when I first heard the story, my initial thought was, hey, like, how is Anthem successful enough to buy two television sh- stations? I, I mean, I don't, I don't really know a lot about them, but just them being linked to Impact, which is sort of like a, uh, like a, a dead brand. Uh, I just assumed that they weren't a successful company, so uh, I, I'm wrong on that because they actually did the sale did go through. But secondly. It kind of reminded me of bellator in a sense because as we know bellator was purchased by viacom and they are on um the old uh spike tv what is the what's the station i forget uh they are Pers- uh, i forget the name of the of the station whatever spike tv turned into oh uh, uh, it was uh tnt wasn't it tnt oh no paramount sorry gosh Paramount. There you yeah, go. Paramount. Sorry. 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 And, and so um, with Bellator, you know, they have a home for their shows. And uh, they also have a, a deal with DAZN. We'll see if something happens there with Impact. Um, but the reason why it reminded me of that is because, be, you know, because Viacom owns Bellator, Bellator doesn't have any uh, reason to, you know, not, not to say they don't have reason to, to go after ratings. But they have the security of being owned by the company. So, you know, think of, you know, WWE uh, and the the changing of the television industry over the last 20 years, you know, where, you know, originally they they have to actually pay for time. Right. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, USA pays for production and then all of a sudden USA pays for, you know, other stuff. And now WWE, you know, can make, you know, over 200 million dollars. A year uh, on a TV deal with with one station and but if they were owned by the USA network there would be some sort of security blanket there for them and you know they wouldn't necessarily have to push so hard for ratings uh, you know or to get you know to get money from from television so in that sense it, it does remind me a little bit of Bell tour um, it gives them more exposure uh, I don't watch Impact, but everyone who mentions Impact talks about how much easier it is to watch. They don't do a lot of the dumb stuff they used to. It's still so far down on my radar that it would take a lot of things to actually be canceled in order for me to watch Impact. But that's not to say that, that it's not good. It's just I don't have, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm only, I have, a, in, I have a finite amount of time to watch stuff. So... Um, what do you think about the whole thing? And and does this pique your interest at all? It was
1: pretty surprising. I didn't see it coming. Even though I knew there were some talks, I just didn't see what it was going to go down. I, um, It just amazes, amazes me how much impact slash TNA has continued to survive and continue to survive. And I kind of just respect... Like, it's going to be an interesting history once someone writes this book about, you know, the death... And the death and the rebirth, you know, of Impact Wrestling. It's just it's just amazes me. Um, I'm just curious to see what's going to happen now. We know that they got rid of a lot of the people that you know, original employees of Access, and it looks like they' going away from a mixed martial arts, which was kind of shocking to me. Yeah that that Friday block of TV looks to be canceled. Yeah. So, and then of course, you know, true to my heart, you know, pro wrestling. Um, I'm curious to see what's going to happen to the new japan relationship i understand that's they have a at least a contract vow to 2021 also same thing with wow they're they're um, coming up this sunday they're going to be taping you know season three so um how that all fits together i think if somehow i think what they should do somehow some way all coexist together and have like you know like they have theirs right now currently on Access, because I did watch um, the opening episode of season two of Wow <laughs> um, this past Saturday, and they have like this thing called, you know, Saturday Night Slam, right? It's like New Japan plus Wow. And I think that'd be kind of cool if they continued that. You know, I think it's New Japan only it's only an hour episode, right? If I remember correctly.
0: Yeah, but sometimes they run back to back shows.
1: Yeah, each episode's an hour. So I was like thinking, like why can't they just do like two hours of Impact? And then do, and then do, um, uh, trailer impact and fall by New Japan and fall by Wow. Wow could be later in the night because, you know, it's uh, you know, I can think it, the target audience is probably male and older, and I think it, it that works out great for them being on later in the evening.
0: Uh, what do you think? There are now there are other rumors involving ROH, though I you know I don't I don't know where those rumors are coming from. I haven't read anything about them, but there's talks of them trying to acquire ROH as well. But you know the ROH is owned by this gigantic company, and and I can't imagine that um, you know Sinclair would just be like uh, eh, you know you can take them for fifty cents on the dollar or whatever. Like they're they're completely you know they're they're bigger than WWE. Uh, But what do you think about those rumors? And I'm trying to figure out, like, how that would even work. Like, what would you – why wouldn't you just buy – you know, try to get all their talent when their talent comes up? Uh, You know, Mm because ROH is signing, like, a lot of one-year deals with these guys. Why wouldn't you just try to sign the talent? Like, well, what does having ROH uh, under your brand do for you, I guess? Well, maybe they're trying to –
1: Maybe a deal where they acquire RH, but also work out a deal with Sinclair that they can be on their, you know, their network still, and or something like that. You know, I don't know. Um, I know I heard that rumor too, and I was like, wow, Anthony's this is true. Anthony's really trying to make some moves here, and you know, I, we'll see what happens there. Maybe Sinclair just wants to get out of the wrestling business. You know, maybe they just don't see. But if you're Sinclair, wouldn't you sell to WWE? Uh, could be, yeah. I'm sure WWE would come in and give him a better offer for sure. So I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know about these this ROH rumor, but nothing surprises me now in wrestling. So
0: uh, my comparison, you, you you made a you you corrected me or actually gave me the the right reference. But I had mentioned that what it reminds me of, you know, if something like that was to happen, where impacted, you know, by ROH or whatever, or they merge in some way and create like this uh, this dual thing, it's like. It reminds me of uh, Pro Wrestling USA. Um, Give sort of the background on that whole thing. Was it Eddie Einhorn, the White Sox
1: owner? Uh, Got into uh, pro wrestling, got all these promoters together, got Crockett, got Vern, got uh, Jerry Jarrett, Bill Watts together to kind of create, you know, compete with Vince, like all come together and create this Pro Wrestling USA thing. I think it's... uh, you know, obviously it didn't work it didn't last you know I think uh, bill Watts said it. it's like how can you get all these you couldn't get all these guys to order one pizza together <laughs> you know so it's just too many people buttonhead so but I think with this though if it's like one company acquires another and they're just trying to strengthen themselves with their talent and maybe whatever networks they have I think that's fine a little different but yeah it's something similar you know but yeah and I think it was cool like Jeremy said in the in our Facebook group it's, it's like competing for four and five competing to be number four <laughs> you know which i thought was pretty funny
0: yeah i i don't think eddie einhorn was in this one i think i think the one that eddie einhorn was in iwa i think it was right yeah, yeah that's yeah. what he was involved i forget who and was the guy was...
1: that was like the the money behind this one you know or maybe it was just all the guys trying to get together and and figuring it out it's been a been a while since uh, that story so
0: yeah it was uh lawler Jarrett, verne Ole Jim Crockett, and then whatever other NWA promoters were left um, in uh, in you know the mid eighties. So this is uh, people getting together, you know, to to try and, and battle Vince. And um, the I guess the big show was the Super Clash, and uh, at Comiskey Park, and I think that it was uh, Flair and T A, and also Rick Martel and Stan Hansen, both on the same show on the network, I believe too. On WWE Network? I believe it is, yes. Have you ever watched that show?
1: No, I think so. I think I've seen TA and Flair. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I've seen Hanson. I'm pretty sure that's on the... I just saw one. Or maybe that was um, another Super Clash. I'll have to go back and check. But I'm pretty sure that's on the network.
0: Um, okay, so... One of the things that I'm really intrigued about, and we saw a little bit of it at AEW's All Out, which is how they are going to utilize records, win-loss win, win, records. And it was a little inconsistent. I think we saw records for certain guys, but not others. And then the idea was about um, the, uh, the title match. So Cody Rhodes against Jericho. And someone on our board, I think it was Dennis, he said, hey what happens if Cody loses? Does he, because he has a loss on his record, does he lose his title shot? And my answer to him was, well, they would never book him to lose, but theoretically, if we were to th- look at this as a real sport, um, you know, how, what would they do? And so I think Cody was on something. He did some media, and he's he's going to be the first match with Sammy Guevara on TV on the second. It was on the road to... Uh aew on tnt okay so he did mention that if he lost that match that he could possibly lose his title shot right
1: yeah yeah people should go back and watch this episode actually uh this is what i love about AB- Aew. Is these these row two shows are so good like you should definitely check it out there's a great segment with sammy kivar really get the nice personality profile with him and you really get to know him better and yeah he was interviewed by cody was interviewed by shivani and, the, you know, it was great. It was like how you would talk to an athlete and building up the sport, also comparing to Cody and how he's going to deal as an executive and wrestling and all that. And then they talked about the risks and rewards of, you know, taking this match. You got a hungry young kid who wants to prove himself versus Cody, who could be looking past him. And it was just really, really good. And, yeah, so they did announce if Cody's sitting. And, and Cody also mentioned if Chris Jericho loses on. I think October 16th he said that Jericho could be out too so like well, I assume wouldn't a, he have to loo- when he have to
0: lose his title though I
1: guess maybe he's losing the championship is it a championship match is that what he's kind of like I do which is weird
0: yeah that's that that's what I was confused about and so I wanted to watch the clip to see but um this is the stuff that they're gonna have to really educate the fans mm. on right because if your booking is going to be based around something like this possibly happening, the fans need to be able to anticipate that and understand what it means so that the one time that you do do it, it's like a big deal. So I think they have a lot of educating to do still with how this works. In, in my version of of how Tony Khan and, and the rest of the fellows came up with this idea to do wins and losses, in my version of this story, in my like thinking this through... To me, Tony Khan was just a big fan of Premier,
1: <laughs>
0: and this what Premier was your wrestling company in in the South Bay, um, and you actually had a wins and losses scoreboard, and you determined who was the next contender for the title based on the wins and losses, and you had all the guys ranked with the champion. As at number one, and then the rest of the guys ranked via wins and losses. How did you, A, how did you come up with this idea, but B, also, ha, ha, like, you have to be very organized and, and plan in advance in order to make it work like that. Like, how, how what was your preparation like?
1: Well, first of all, the idea came from in my uh, my buddy Matt De La Rosa. At the time, I was just kind of, like, very down on pro wrestling i was really into mma you know mma was to me more more i was more into mma at the time than pro wrestling and pro wrestling was just getting too just i wasn't finding anything that's really grabbed my attention and i was thinking so my friend approached me about starting a wrestling company after i uh, quit booking all pro wrestling in 2012 and i said i don't really want to get into wrestling you know and he's like oh i have a good building there's a cool building in gilroy it's a good town i'll do it with you and so i said i would do it with you but i have a certain what i want to do and you know i said i i want to do you know wins and losses i want to keep records um i want to keep it very i mean eventually i wanted to do more of a shoot style promotion basically what blood sport is yeah that was i wanted to evolve to the only thing we couldn't do is just you know the guys at the time weren't really trained at that or so you had to like start slowly and work your way to that and and you know, just want to keep it very sports. Where there's gonna be no tag team wrestling. It's gonna all singles match because we're you know we're gonna concentrate on the the records. That was the main gimmick was the records. And so um, planning it out was actually the easiest booking I've ever done, honestly. Um, of course, you know certain things happen, but like you can you know it was easy to plan it out with records and stuff. And my idea for a premiere was I wanted the fans to like. You know, just like in, say, baseball or football, like, you have your favorite team, right? They go on win streaks. They go on losing streaks. So, I wanted, like, people to like, be invested in that. And so, I was – we didn't have the budget. I wish we did. Like, you know, like, obviously, like, AEW has a crazy budget and, you know, where they can do these videos and profiles. Like, I wish I could have done, done like, a, a row two with premiere. You know, I, that's why I envisioned it. So, all this stuff I'm seeing at AEW is just driving me insane because I'm like, God, man, that's stuff I wouldn't really want to do if we had money behind it, you know? But but um, but yeah. So it was it was pretty easy. And sometimes things organically, like you're writing out the records and the matches, and you're seeing. You're obviously you're picking who's going to win, who's going to lose, and see what's next. You know, like for example, I was building up to we had our, a big fundraiser in San Jose. I knew it was going to be a bigger show, and it was our biggest crowd that we had. And I knew um, I wanted Marcus Lewis to challenge G.R. Kratos in the main event because Marcus Lewis is from San Jose. And, you know, I want the, the the whole town hero going for the championship thing. And so, you know, it was just easy to plan out his, you know, his moving up the rankings. And I eventually wanted to where you don't have a champion on every show, but the number one contenders would be the main event, right? So, I mean, it's never, we never got to that point. But, but yeah, it's it's pretty simple. But I think with AEW, it's, it's, you got to stick to it. Um, the thing is, I think... I noticed mistakes right away when I thought, like, there's just, you know, they had the singles record, then they had, like, a tag record, then they had, like, mm-hmm. an overall record. So I think all that stuff, I hope they kind of worked all that out because that could be kind of confusing because you want people to, like, what's more important? The single, am I supposed to worry about the singles record, a tag record, overall record? What's the most important? Um, hopefully with television, this you know, they they'll be able to educate the crowd to that.
0: So if you are AEW, let's say Tony Khan calls you up. He's like, hey, man, I need some help with how how you do this. Like you would you you would have separate records. You would how would you showcase the records? Would you have some sort of uh, would, you know, road to to be, you know, you'd always have a segment with Shivani explaining, you know, what the latest rankings are. Like, how would you push this to, you know, to make sure that fans, can see exactly where you're going with this stuff well
1: first of all i would cut out all like if you're if you're a singles wrestler you're only doing singles wrestling if you you know keep the tags and the singles matches separately yes that means no six-man tags you know unfortunately um you know and then you concentrate that way you keep it focused okay the singles rankings is this the tag team rankings is this the women's rankings is is this and that will make it easier for everyone because i think. Work in six-man tags, and that goes towards your record. And tag team matches, and that goes towards your record, can get kind of confusing for people.
0: So, if so, let's say, just for instance, the Young Bucks, right? They're they're gonna work tags mostly, but you know, Nick Jackson is a really good wrestler, and you know they 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 put him in a couple singles just to get him some showcase. Mm-hmm. Like, how how would you intertwine that if he's three and oh and all the singles wrestlers have like 20 matches underneath their belt technically nick jackson is undefeated at three and oh like how would that sort of fit in
1: well i mean if i was doing it and say i had a tag team and now you want to take one of the tag team members and go singles i would basically have a, a a promo or a segment explaining that this tag wrestler is going into the singles division and is going to leave tag team wrestling aside you know for now and concentrate on a single career and that's when you start and then he starts going on a win streak you know maybe he wins a couple of matches in a row and he gets up there now the hard part is like you got guys i don't know how many times people are wrestling every show right mm-hmm. so like records are going to build up very fast right and so i would do something i was kind of playing with who because i was like you know after like you know jr kratos had the title for i think a, what almost a year or was it a year I'm Trying to remember <laughs> it's been a while but you know, his record was pretty high up there because he kept winning and winning and winning defending his championship, right? So when he finally lost a title, like, basically, he's right there, you know, either gets another title shot or... So what I would do is, like, you know, he would didn't get an immediate title shot. I'd put him back into the number one contenders against the other guy, you know, and that kind of stuff. So, it's yeah, but it's going to be interesting to see how else... Gonna, I, my prediction is that AEW is going to abandon this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I will say they will abandon it and... I'm gonna say within within the year, or is, know, it, we,
0: is, is it just because it's too hard to manipulate?
1: I th- I I think so. Especially with you have guys working six man tags and multiple men to matches and etc. You know, like that's gonna be tough. You know.
0: Uh, okay, one last thing, and and it's, I was sort of think about this. So, you, if you do do the wins and losses for c- creating contenders. You could really never have a Goldberg, right? Because by the time Goldberg gets to ten and zero, he's got to have a title shot, and so you could never do like the thirty wins in a row slow thing. Because based on how you're doing the wins and losses, he would have to get a shot or have to get you know in in harder, less you know less um, squash matches much earlier based on this style of booking.
1: Yeah, you well you could do a, a like a big win streak, but yeah, it won't be like a. The Goldberg, like, outrageous number of wins in a row to finally get a title shot. It's going to be, you know, maybe, like, ten wins you sitting in a row. That's fine, too. You can really build it up. But weekly TV, records, it's going to get... I mean, people are going to have some high records within, like, the first, like, six months of the, of the promotion.
0: Mm-hmm. So... I get, you know, I, I, I'm i just very intrigued and, and, you know, part of the reason to be intrigued is because WWE does it a different way so it's actually kind of cool to see something and maybe as fans you're going to be able to follow this stuff a little more closely and then you can get behind guys and you can root for guys and then it's like oh, you know, if um, if Jungle Boy has gets one more win he can, you know, he can get this next big match, but instead you know we're gonna hold off jungle boy a little bit more and now you know he's got to face mjf and mjf's gonna go over so it ch- knocks jungle boy back a step and he's got to mm-hmm. build his way up again like i i'm so intrigued if they do do it that way so i mean that's inter- what they
1: that's what they should do you know they should have it to where like each match is. you talk about this is you know this is the record i think they should have win percentages and all that kind of stuff like you really gotta go with all the all the st- stats, you know, that's what I really wanted to do with premiere. I wanted to have like the win percentages and the stats and then eventually like just, you know, really get deep into the analytics of it. And, you know, just, it was, just didn't have the, the budget to get all that done. And, and, you know, but I think, yeah, that's what you need to do with these. You need to have like, yeah, you know, jungle boy looks like he's coming. He's going to get a towel shop. But then like, there's also those other guys getting ready, and they finally meet, and then one guy loses, and the other guy goes up. It's it's all pretty simple stuff. I just think it gets. We'll see how they do the rankings, right? Mm-hmm. I think it'll be nice too. I know that they don't want too many championships, but I think you kind of should do like a a, a a junior championship for the guys that are smaller, you know, or something like that. Maybe that'd be a little easier to break things up. But we'll see. I, I'm I'm really intrigued.
0: All right, so just what you know, we've been doing the uh, we we brought back the the our our best wrestler alive essentially, which is best wrestler of the week. Mm-hmm. I, I I I did not watch a whole lot of wrestling this week, so we'll we'll push that towards next week because we're both going to be watching the very first NXT on USA show starting next week. Um, and I know there's New Japan stuff this weekend, and then obviously there's Ron SmackDown. So we'll bring that back next week in the Clash and, uh, too. Uh, 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 yeah, and the clash. Um, but so, kind of getting to it to the clash. I know you liked the booking of the three way into the uh, semifinals of the King of the Ring between Samoa Baron Corbin, and Ricochet because you thought it set up Ricochet as a as a babyface mm-hmm. to overcome these two big monsters. When you saw that Baron Corbin one, who you've admitted you are a, a big fan of, did it diminish the booking in the way that they got there? Because to me, it didn't really make sense if that was the outcome.
1: Yeah, I wonder... Do you think Elias' ankle injury played into the decision to go Gable? And basically in that role of the underdog? Only if he wins. <laughs> I don't know. I was just... I was just it was... Uh... I was a little because I just thought that's what they were going with. I thought that Ricochet was gonna overcome the the heels and then work well, Elias because I didn't think he'd work Gable, which wouldn't have been cool. Uh but I also was I'm fine with Corbin winning, you know. And I'm also really fine with Gable being in the finals too. I really think it's you know, like I said a week for the weeks now, it should be Andrade, it should be the king, but but and the same like personally, you know, Baron Corbin's a great character you know he's he's definitely getting a lot he's really good in the ring i think he's he's pretty underrated as i say every week and but like you know as a tv character he's really good he's really good on promos he's really good at delivering those promos um gets heat um i think he'd make a perfect king and really would get a lot of heat with that gimmick um i also could see chad gable winning and kind of flipping this like you know like he's has this like he's being like you know, being made fun of his height, and he's, you know, he's kind of like, just, not not being aggressive enough. But he's winning, right? Like he's he's not getting pissed off. I want to see him getting pissed off. He needs to fire
0: up, and yeah, like, like like he needs to like eat a can of spinach and and go after it. Yeah,
1: like you know, like when Shane's making fun of him his height, like why, why can't he just like he's like get
0: mad or something like that, and not sit there and look like like oh man, you know. Okay, can we talk about this for a second? So, Kevin Owens, coward. Chad Gable, coward, like, why do they treat their baby faces who they seemingly push like cowards? Like, like, okay, so the, the, and this is a bad comparison, because obviously Dusty Rhodes is is, is another level, right? But Dusty Rhodes, not in great shape, didn't have muscles, you know, uh, you know, uh, J.J. Dillon would call him fat, right? Mm -hmm. But Dusty didn't say... You're right. I'm fat and get sad. He would be like, you know what? My belly is big, my hiney's a little big, but I'm bad and they know I'm bad. And that's how he would treat that situation, right? Like I don't, I just don't get why they want their baby faces to be so uh, limp. Like it's just it. They they have nothing like like. So, I think uh, Brian Alvarez mentioned. You know, he's like, put if you put Kevin Owens uh, in the script and you take out his name and actually put Steve Austin and then you take Shane's name and then you take that out and you put Vince McMahon, read how this script goes. And if it reads as ridiculously as it does, then how about we change the script because, you know... Just, Austin didn't, you know, didn't didn't do dumb stuff like Kevin Owens is forced to do uh, on his show.
1: Yeah, like, like I, you know, I watched the match. I watched actually watched a lot of the Raw and SmackDown this week just because, you know, leading into the Clash, I wanted to see what's going on. Plus, we're really leading to the semifinals of the King in the Ring, and, you know, that, you know, Shane McMahon had Kevin Owens as a special guest for free, and he made him, like, you know, if you don't do what I say, you're going to be fired, and he had to, like, cower to sh- Shane and just it just looked really bad, you know, like, you know, sh- okay, Kevin Owens shouldn't care if he's going to get fired or not, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and same thing with Gable, like, you know, hey, we're just going to see Gable, and like, looking over him <laughs> and stuff, and like, if I was Gable, I would like, just smack him in the face or something like that. Let's get, get ready. Let's go out there. If you want to wrestle, let's go out there. Let's go or something.
0: And And here's the thing now, too, right? When you, <laughs> now when you threaten these guys getting fired, the fans are, Smarter than WWE, and they start chanting AEW. <laughs> it's like you can't you can't do that anymore because that just creates the chant about the company you're trying to avoid.
1: Yeah, they kind of just the the main roster stuff goes back to this old the old stuff from the Attitude area. But they're just but they're not doing it to where it worked now. You know, it's like everyone's bows down to the McMahons. and I don't know. But you know, let's but Gable winning if they, Gable does beat Corbin and becomes the king of the ring. It sounds kind of interesting if he goes heel eventually with the gimmick. And hear me out. Like, what do you think if he is the king of the ring, and now he's just he's just being he's just on a huge win streak, right? He's just beating people and and you know, and that, but now he's like believing like I am the king of the ring. Mm-hmm. I'm the best freaking wrestler in the world, and he's just like overly, just overly confident, but also backing it up. I want. I mean, that'd be kind of cool. I think will they do it? No. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but uh I just think that's what you can do that with him. I but um I I kind of see Corbin winning this and I think he's a great character and I think he can pull it off and you know and get good heat with that kind of gimmick.
0: You know, you're going to the people are going to start hating Corbin even more if he is back in main event segments on TV cuz the one thing that he had going for him during this tournament is he wasn't in main event segments for the last I don't know 2 months or since whenever Heyman took over cuz Heyman like pulled him way back on how on the overexposure and if he you know for you Baron Corbin fans if he does win this thing he's going to go back to being overexposed because they won't be able to help themselves
1: well maybe he's will you know not be on Raw maybe he'll go to SmackDown and be on that show and, you know and, I mean that casual audience they they look for characters and he's he's he stands out as a character i mean he you know like if you're a casual audience he'd capture more people's attention than say ricochet honestly
0: you think you think so mm-hmm how yeah. like how like just you just, watch, you just like, watch those guys in the ring and ricochet stands out to a way different oh role. i agree I, he's sensational
1: but i'm saying like if you're hearing him talk you're like okay but when he wrestles he's he's interesting not a strong promo, but Karen, Baron Corbin is a character. Like he comes out there, has presence. He looks like someone, you know. He doesn't look like next door neighbor. I'm not saying he's like looks like the Rock or anything, but like he has a presence about him. So I think if you're just, you know, you're not a wrestling fan and you just stumble upon SmackDown on Fox, I think he can. I think PPV would get people's attention.
0: Yeah, but then he's got to wrestle still,
1: and he's good. So I, I think he's fine there too. So. I, I trust Baron Corbin in the ring. I'm, I'm confident in his abilities.
0: All right, so they pulled that match, Baron Corbin and uh, Chad Gable. It's not going to be at the pay per views. Instead, it's going to be at Raw. Mm-hmm.
1: I think um, that's smart. That's that's a, that's a smart call. Um, I thought like being on the pay per views just wasn't. I think because you're already doing this all on TV, why don't you just finish it on TV and use the finals to kind of hopefully, you know, you know, pump the rating up a little bit. Hopefully, people want to tune in to see that final.
0: I would actually put it on SmackDown instead, but that's you know I know I know Raw still the A show, but because why was that because it needs so, more help? So Raw this week, and we can talk a little bit about this. The the Raw rating going heads up against the uh, double header on Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. They pulled like the lowest non holiday rating. Uh, in in whatever the the current era of ratings are, and that's with Stone Cold Steve Austin opening up the show, and uh, you know them really booking a, a, a pretty darn good show as far as match quality. You had AJ and and Cedric. You had the 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 four horsewomen explode, um, and they really tried to to build up that show to be something special and. Uh, you know, I thought I, I watched half of it. That's the most I've watched Raw probably since WrestleMania. Maybe there was another Raw that I watched a little bit more, but I was I thought oh, this show's not bad. Now AJ and Cedric, obviously, it doesn't um, it, it you, you weren't going to get that match match because you know they're saving it for the pay per view and hopefully mm-hmm. that match delivers on the pay per view, but. They got killed, and rightfully so. It's the it's the NFL. It's the biggest game in town. But and also,
1: don't you think too? Because it's like the first Monday Night Football games. Games, right? Plural. Because they had two games, and I think people are just like, you know, you're just super juiced for football, right? Season
0: starting. So, so, but I know the good- in the past they did all right against. But this, you know, I know. Yeah, this was a big. This was a steeper drop than usual. But yeah. the the to to your point, week two is what looks to be a really bad game uh the the New York Jets their quarterback Sam Darnold is out of the game because he's got mono um, yeah yeah i just read that and then uh you know the the Cleveland Browns they suck uh i actually I shouldn't say they suck they sucked in week 1 Baker Mayfield did not uh perform and so you know it is a weaker monday night game but still it's the beginning of the football season and the only bump that they're going to have is whatever the show after clash of champions means so you know maybe they end with a nice little cliffhanger so that people do turn in at least to the opening segment on raw but the reason why i put it on smackdown is because if you look at that smackdown rating the smackdown rating as far as overall viewers almost matched raw Mm -hmm. and while uh raw was uh I forget what the percentage i forget what the percentage that raw was down smackdown was like almost even it was pretty close to being even so you know when it all comes when it all comes out when 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 smackdown goes to fox it's going to clearly outrate raw so we are we are still conditioning fans to believe that raw is this a show when the reality is going to be that smackdown is really going to be the a show when it comes to popularity and viewers and they're still holding on to this. We got to do everything on Raw, and it's like, no, you need to put that match on SmackDown because it's gonna do. It won't be killed against football, and you're you're you have to get it in people's heads that you know what SmackDown isn't the B show, and you know it's gonna be the A show. And I just think I think that would have been the place that I would have put it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Either way, I think either Raw or SmackDown is fine. I can see them w- wanting it on Raw because. You know they want to do whatever they can to help their rating against football. So I think, either way, I see you both. I see your point, and I see the reason why they want to do it too. You know, to put on a raw.
0: Okay, I want. To, we'll quickly go through the Clash of Champions uh, lineup, and I just want you to give me one out of ten. What is your, you know? I think we called it the heat check last time. Like, what is your feeling going into the match? Um, about your excitement, we're doing per you match know. or the overall show. We'll, we'll do per match. We'll go through them really quickly. Okay, cool. Uh, Bailey and Charlotte Flair, mm, five. And it's kind, you know, Bailey's on this new heel turn. Charlotte's, I guess, back to being a babyface. Um, you know, they they got some work to do, but I, I think the Bailey character is probably working better than it's worked since she came to WWE. So, good for them on that. Um, Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman versus Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler for the tag team, the raw tag team championship. Um, I would say uh, four. The only intrigue for me is just how do they lose the titles and then how do they break up to set up the main event? That's kind of the only or they thing don't. I'm interested in. Would, or they don't. Or I they wouldn't don't. have
1: I wouldn't have them lose those tag titles.
0: But then so you're gonna have a baby face main event? Yep. Yep. All right. Uh AJ Styles and Cedric Alexander.
1: Um
0: uh, we'll go six as well. I'm at about a seven because I think I think Heyman really likes Alexander. And so I am hoping he lets Alexander just loose this this weekend. That's what I'm hoping. Um okay, so uh I think the cruiserweight championship is probably gonna be in the pre show, but uh Maybe, maybe it's not going to be on the pre-show. Gulak versus uh, Carrillo versus Dorado. Uh, one. <laughs> Even though it's probably going to be pretty good? I mean, it's probably going to be on
1: the pre-show. And I probably won't watch it.
0: Um, okay. Uh, New Day versus The Revival for the SmackDown Championships. Hmm.
1: God, I just can't stand the New Day. Just, I'm so over it. Um, I'm going to say three. I think it's going to be a really good match. Once the bell rings, it'll be really good.
0: Uh, nakamura against the miz for the intercontinental championship uh, two yeah I think that's gonna be really bad actually uh Becky Lynch against sasha banks for the raw women's championship seven yeah I think that's gonna be a good match uh I think sasha n- needs to prove something and hopefully she uh she ha- you know she's got the opportunity and I- and I hope she does and she shows you know folks that you know, she's she's still she's still uh, an attraction and someone who's going to have good matches. So uh, Roman Reigns against Eric Rowan, which is the only match on this show that is not connected to a championship. And it's
1: no disqualification.
0: No DQ. Um, I'll say six. I think it's pretty solid. Uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville for the Women's Tag Team Championship. Not two. I was going to say one for that one. Um, And then the main event, Seth Rollins versus Braun Strowman for the universal title. I assume that tag, the women's tag match is going to be on the pre-show as well, right?
1: One would hope. I would think so. I mean, it seems fitting for that. Um,
0: uh, The main event, um, actually, let's let's go nine. Actually, so I I screwed up. Kingston and Orton as well. Uh, I skipped that one on accident. Um, Six
1: as well for that. But yeah, nine for Strowman and Rollins, though
0: nine wow yeah.
1: yeah i want to see what i want to see what they can do i'm actually i'm really interested in to see if they can pull out a really great main event and I, I think they can i want to see what what Seth does with the big man and how and how Braun performs and yeah I'm, I'm, I just, I'm just like i just want to see what they have planned i'm really curious i'm actually really overall if i want to give a grade about this pay review I, i'm actually I'm at, a, I'm at a seven i'm looking forward to actually looking forward to sunday to watch it
0: you're at a seven, but you only had three matches at a seven out of the 11. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I
1: mean, like we uh, were talking about, I'm just not expecting a lot with certain matches, but I'm really intrigued by the couple, at least a couple of them, you know, and that's all that all it takes for me, and I, I like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about that main event, because I want to see what Rollins, if he can pull this really great match with Strowman, and you know, strong. I just want to see what they could do. I enjoy that part of pro wrestling, you know, when you have the you know different styles coming together, and how can you bring those two styles together to have a great match?
0: How would you book Brock Lesnar in WWE right now? Because huh. he's he's you know he's basically been doing the same gimmick for the last several years. I think uh, I think it's exhausted the situation because he's 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 like the setup guy for Roman and now Seth, and you know Vince has changed his mind several times in, in both situations, but it seems like just Brock coming back and people being scared and him quickly winning is has probably ran its course a little bit. It, I think um, I was thinking about like if he could come back as a baby face for a little while and then, you know, you know, maybe for, nine months and then turn on somebody maybe it's Roman or somebody like that but I, I was just trying to think of ways that you can freshen up Lesnar so that when he does come back people don't go oh here we go again we know what's gonna happen he's gonna get the title and then he's not gonna be on TV and then he's you know and then you know whoever's the next baby face is gonna have to you know win by the skin of his teeth like I think that storyline is a little bit tired though I don't think Brock Lesnar is is tired because I still think there's so much value in that guy but I think you need to be a little bit creative in the way you bring him back yeah
1: i mean i haven't really thought about brock too much i mean like i said like every time they bring him back it's kind of the same um so i would kind of keep him off tv but you kind of need him for smackdown on fox right you need him for those shows and especially early on so i don't know man i mean another you would Strowman, i guess you know maybe he's a bay face and goes against say orton who's a champion at the time that could be interesting could be some good matches um, I don't know. I don't know with Brock. He's he's really hard to book. i mean, right now, Cause, because because he's been there so long and they've done everything. They've done the the monster thing with him, and the you know. It's just,
0: just... So if if you could book him as a baby face, can he still be that monster? Because I mean, t- essentially, as a, as a baby face, he would have to sell a lot more than than he currently does. You know, to get sympathy and all that stuff, and you know, he wouldn't necessarily. I mean, he'd more he'd be more. Superman come back than he would be, you know, monster who's just dominating these smaller guys. Yeah, yeah.
1: It'd have to be either some massive dude like Strowman as a heel, but or maybe a chicken shit heel or something like that. I don't know. The Fiend, maybe,
0: you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: but that seems like a match that's should come down the line like next year sometime. It's not now, so yeah. Yeah, it's, it's tough. He's 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 tough, tough to book.
0: All right. So uh, the other WWE news, and it's more NXT news and WWE news, uh, but it came out that takeovers are no longer going to be on the same weekend as the uh, major, the five major WWE shows. There's going to be one extra takeover uh, now, so there'll be six takeovers in the U.S. So every two months, and then there will be two UK takeovers. So. I think most people think that they're going to schedule their takeovers, heads up, with AEW pay-per-views. I'll I'll give give my thoughts first because I don't necessarily think it's a, a mistake to do that, but I don't think it is going to work in the same way that doing something like that may have worked in the past because I think WWE takeovers as they are... They are essentially on demand shows. There I'm sure there are there is some set of hardcore fan base that has to watch every WWE TakeOver live. But I think a lot of people, they know that, you know, hey, takeover starts at four or at five, or if you're on the East Coast, you know, seven or eight. And if I'm home, I'll watch it live. And if I'm not, I'll just stay away from my phone and I'll, you know, and I'll make sure I I watch it when I get home. Because it is not must-see live TV, I think if you are an AEW fan and an NXT fan, I think you just buy the AEW show and then you watch TakeOver after it's over. So I don't necessarily think that this is going to be to the benefit of NXT if this is how they do it. They haven't said how they do it. I think we're just sort of speculating. Um, But, you know, I... I don't like it because, as a viewer, I wanna I want both shows to have their night. I want both shows to, you know, be the best thing of the weekend rather than having to pick between both. Because as a consumer, you know WWE I think comes off as a little bit of a bully here, and but it's also the AEW stuff has become a little bit more appointment television at least i think until they stop having good shows so what did you think about that idea of of takeovers running on the same night as AEW shows uh i don't like that i
1: that strategy for takeovers on the same night as AEW pay-per-views because like you said like for me i never watch anything live like i'll probably watch clash live because i'll be with you and and big dave but like i when it comes to like Takeovers usually I just wait till you know the kids go to bed and I throw it on, right? Because mm-hmm. I know I, could, I know it's going to be there for me. Yeah. Um. So I would, you know, knowing what we do, we we review pro wrestling shows. I'm sure we. I would, you know, watch AEW, and then I would watch Takeover soon after. For yeah. Sure. I
0: mean, it's literally just going to make our lives a lot harder. Yeah, <laughs> I would. If do.
1: I was him, I would just build Takeovers to special events on USA.
0: You know, that's, that, that's exactly my idea. I, I said that to somebody today. Um, I think it's more said, important to, to win the ratings
1: because you're not you're not you're not winning pay per view buys with takeover, right? So, but then again, there's that network. You know, people. You know, they want people to buy the network, and then on the the you know takeover is a big hook for the network, right? So, yeah. How does that all work? But then they get again, I'm sure in January they're going to start this tier two. Um, stuff too and see yeah, how that the, goes the, sure.
0: the the extra stuff for the network yeah I, I very much saw it uh, like you I would actually because the takeovers used to be in the middle of the week I, you know when people who watched them earlier like the first the first couple years of takeovers they were actually I think they were on Wednesday night or mm-hmm. Thursday night and so if you, you know, I just remember working from home and then throwing on a takeover, you know, while my kids get home from school and and uh, and, you know, I'm cooking dinner and I got it on my iPad like that. That was kind of how I used to watch them. But that's what I would do. Exactly what you just said is you would build you would get all your NXT TV and you would build towards these, you know, five or six shows a year and I would put them in the exact same time slot. So that you have conditioned your fans to know that if you pay attention to this stuff, there's a big show coming. Um, now, the only negative, and and this is sort of uh, was a negative with the Clash of the Champions stuff too, is you, know, you have the commercial break, so it kind of breaks up the flow a little mm-hmm. bit. And you know, depending on you know the match, you know when you can go out, you know on a takeover on the network, if you want it to be two and a half hours or two hours and fifty seven minutes you, you, you have the freedom to do that and with you know the USA network you'd probably have to be a little bit more consistently off, you know, after two hours or whatever. So that 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 could be a problem. But I, I think I think that would be so much better because it just would make you as a fan be so much more invested in that weekly television. But, you know, Vince McMahon's been doing this forever so he's got he's got his thoughts. But well, imagine Well
1: you know, a lot of things are gonna be changing with NXT with this now, being on live T V, you know you know, going to breaks is going to be different. Um, you know, just times of matches will be different, right? Because, you know, like I just recently watched this week's this this week's episode of NXT. I think it was like 54 minutes. And you know, they have some commercials, which is just like, you know, commercial for The Clash, commercial for NXT coming to USA. But, you know, there's no real breaks of commercials and matches. So now we're going to have to get used to that, you know. You know, four minutes in, go to the commercial break and, come back out with some action you know after that break it's gonna be uh you're gonna see a lot a lot you know you're gonna see that now so
0: yeah yeah for sure um okay so uh one last thing before we talk a little bit of ufc and boxing which is the new japan cards for the west coast they are running on a i think it's a saturday night in san jose and then they're and then it's like a Monday night in LA something like that at the PWG place right yeah at the global at it's the globe a like
1: 600 seat building it's weird
0: yeah so uh, they announced um, they announced uh, who's gonna be at this sh- at these shows so uh, I mean it's it's a little bit confusing it's on the website but it looks like at least on the poster for the San Jose Civic Auditorium Saturday November 9th Kazuchiko Kata, Kotobushi, Tetsuya Naito, Jay White, um, Sonata, Evil, uh, Will Ospreay, Jushin Liger. And it looks like Jushin Liger, Will Ospreay, and Okada are only going to be in San Jose. So they're not putting them in LA, which is a technically the bigger market. And it's kind of weird. So I'm, I'm kind of confused at why, what they're doing, but, um, it looks like San Jose is going to have the, uh, the better show. If you're just talking about who's going to be on it. Um, and LA kind of gets, a, they get gypped out a little bit with, uh, not having Okada and, uh, and Osprey on that show. But now we know it's going to be a real show. It's not going to be a C level new Japan show um how excited i mean it does it, 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 it is now is this a must go for us no <laughs> no how many, mean, t- how many times you're gonna see okada wrestle live
1: I, I it's it's hard to say that without matches being announced right it could be all six man tags which is fine There'd be good matches but true like, very true so like you know what's gonna hook me like oh man i can't miss that like you know like hearing about being at the super j was i want to go to a super j event you know like you know mm-hmm. so, but like so what's the hook with this one what are the matches is it a big championship match um it's november so isn't that kind of the heart of the it might be the either no it's probably gonna I maybe mean, after this is when like the the tag tournament starts i think too um so i don't know we'll see
0: uh, also, that same night is AEW's Full Gear pay per view, mm-hmm. and I think, gosh, is this right? Am, am I right? I think there's. I want to say, um, is there? Is is Canelo fighting? No, that yeah. might be. Is that the same night? Yeah, be, but no,
1: is that the same night or is? I know Canelo's going against something else. Uh,
0: oh, MOW night. That's when that's going up against. Okay, so, so maybe that's the next weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, it's no, it's the weekend before. So the weekend before is Canelo Ooh. Kovalev heads up against the MLW pay-per-view. So there's another show on that weekend, too. Maybe like a UFC show or something. Uh, maybe, oh, no, UFC Madison UFC. Square Garden.
1: Yeah, yeah. Madison, big, oh,
0: my God. I was kind of curious do? about getting the MLW show, but I
1: guess it all depends about the price point.
0: Yeah. But I'm watching Canelo Kovalev, number one, and I'll watch uh, Nick Diaz and Jorge Masvidal, you know, right there Mm -hmm. as well. So that uh, that's going to be top two for me. Okay, so um, let's quickly talk about uh, just uh, I I always I'm always sort of gauging your (laughs) hardcore fan interest with fights. Did you know this weekend Donald Cerrone? And Justin Gaethje are fighting. Yes. Are you excited? I believe it's going to be a
1: great fight. <laughs> but will I watch it? It's on ESPN Plus. Yep. Well, I canceled that, so now.
0: Oh man. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I decided to cancel it.
0: I am. I, I I'm trying to. I, I don't. I think I'm home pretty much all day Saturday. So I'm definitely going to dial that up and, uh, and I want to at least watch the main event. I don't, I'm not saying I'm going to be able to watch the whole UFC show, but, um, I will definitely watch that main event. And, uh, and what, you, uh, by the way, I know you didn't watch, uh, Nurmagomedov, uh, against Dustin Poirier, but like, what are your thoughts about this whole thing of, you know, Khabib is now sort of like this untouchable guy and, you know, Conor is kind of out there trying to keep his name alive, but I can't like after watch after watching Nurmagomedov just you know obliterate Poirier, I'm just like okay, Con- Connor's time is over. Like Connor, better hope that Khabib gets hit by a bus.
1: But didn't Khabib get in trouble a little bit
0: here and there? Yeah, Poirier? I mean he he yeah Poirier got Poye got had him in trouble a little bit, but you know, know Khabib he's... Khabib can always you know he always has the 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 one part of his game that is just destructive. Yeah,
1: I mean Connor's just looking for the big payday, right? Um, I do like this whole BMF championship stuff. I think it's kind of kind of funny. Except uh,
0: the belt. The belt is stupid. Don't y- create a belt. It's it's so
1: much better without a belt. No, I know, I know. It's just it's just the the, the interviews and stuff. It can be kind of interesting, but but yeah, my fandom is down right now. So I mean, I'm kind of just like checking out results and. And, but not watching it unless I have a free weekend, a free Saturday night where I can just pop over and catch the fight, with, you know, with Big Dave or something. But just to get out of the house. But,
0: um, but yeah, yeah, pretty pretty down in me right now. All right, just also going to update folks on what to watch this weekend, if you uh, if you're looking for some boxing. So on DAZN, actually Friday night. So there's a Friday night show from New York, DeZone, Devin Haney's fighting, uh, and also Heather Hardy, Some you might remember Heather Hardy mm-hmm. from Bellator she's she's boxing this weekend against one of the Serrano sisters Amanda Serrano, so that's kind of interesting, so that's on Friday um, and then on Saturday you have Tyson Fury against Otto Wallen, so ESPN Plus has two things going on at the same time, it's got UFC, and it's got Tyson Fury fighting in Las Vegas against pretty much a no-name. But Tyson Fury, if he wins, it's going to hopefully set up uh, a second match with Deontay Wilder, which is, you know, one of the big matches that is expected in, in 2020. I know there's lots of talk about, ah, you know, they're not going to do it or whatever. But I, I, I think that, you know, as long as Fury wins and as long as Wilder wins, there's too much money to, to not make that fight. And... Um, also on uh, dezone the next night, so dezone has got back-to-back nights. Uh, Jaime Mangia, I always, I, I'm, n- I'm, never sure if I pronounce his last name right, Mangia, Mangaya, uh, but he's uh, he's a golden boy guy and moving up. Uh, eventually going to move up to to middleweight but he's fighting for a junior middleweight title right now. He's kind of, you know, if he continues to look good, he's a possible Canelo guy, he's a possible Golovkin guy. So he's he's a name to to keep uh, to keep your mind on. And then also uh, the sort of the golden boy, baby face of all baby faces, Ryan Garcia is also fighting that weekend. So Lots of stuff for, you know, if if you are just a fan of MMA and boxing and then you got the WWE show on Sunday, like you can literally just sit at home all weekend and have <laughs> stuff to watch. It's kind of crazy. I remember those days. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It is time for our review of 93 Raw. And so this Raw is, um, wait, oh, by the way wrestling observer hall of fame season right mm-hmm. what email do you think big dave is going to reply to from many years ago to send you your ballot on i can't say <laughs> I, I can i can tell you and i it, this will tell you how long ago this uh, this email is from it starts with Wale Mania <laughs> with Ray Cornet Conan and Court Bauer. So it has to be from the Santa Clara WrestleMania four years ago. Yeah. Awesome. I, I know which one it will be and I can't I can't say it. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh 93 Raw. So you know, where we last left Raw is a month ago. Like they, they were a month between actually doing shows. So September thirteenth and the last Raw show would have been in mid-August. It's like, oh, the- hello, Raw. Yeah, it's like, it's like, oh, by the way, Raw, you're back. Yeah. Um, the show did not do a good rating, and and I wonder if it's because the viewers were like, what the hell did Raw get canceled? What's going on?
1: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, people people are
0: creatures of habit, right? So, especially back then too. So uh, we are back in the Manhattan Center, and, and the opening match. Is the Steiner brothers versus the Quebecers? Now mm-hmm. we haven't we haven't seen the Quebecers on Raw yet. I'm sure in that one month that we didn't really watch WWE TV except for that SummerSlam uh, spectacular and SummerSlam itself. I'm sure the Quebecers were on you know doing squash matches and stuff. But you have uh, Jacques and you have P.C.O. as a tag team. Um, you know, very memorable WWE mid mid nineties tag team. And because of the, the the month away as a viewer, I'm like, what the hell like how come they get a title shot like what's going on? Uh, why do the heels have the um, have the benefit of having the Quebec province rules in in this match like where, where's the story? And they didn't really explain anything. They just went right to the match and we as the viewers just had to go, okay, like that's what's going on. Quebec province rules. Even though we have no idea, like what were the dots connected in between?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I just, I, just, I know that they were on TV before, Because so I remember, like, obviously knowing them going into this match. But I don't remember why. I think all of a sudden, I think I, I think I've, if I remember correctly, I just like remember like just like now. Tuning in and be like, oh, it's some kind of special rules to this match, and they're going to favor the heels, and you know, Heenan or, or sorry, he may, Vince was the one that, you know, because he's bayface. Face. He explained that you know Steiner's just you know they'll, they'll take any challenge, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, tough guys that are not worried about any special rules. And I remember this match. I remember this match,
1: and I remember because this is this is another match that I would always remember from the first year of Raw, and. I didn't realize how dumb the finish was until I (laughs) watched
0: it again. Okay, so the rules are that the title will change hands via disqualification and countout. You cannot do a pile driver. (laughs) You cannot come off the top rope and you cannot throw someone over the top rope, all of those would equate to a disqualification. Bill Watts, are you there? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, So, um, you know, obviously, you have to sell the idea that the babyfaces are not comfortable with these rules, and there are a couple moments in this match where Rick almost gets disqualified. You know, Mm -hmm. he's not necessarily the smartest one. Yeah. I think uh, Jim Cornette one time said that, uh, what did he say? It, 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 it took him 60 minutes to cook minute rice or something like that <laughs> one time. Um, and so he almost knocks Jacques over the top rope, which would have been a disqualification. There's another time where he sets up PCO for a pile driver. And it's not like Rick did a ton of pile drivers in, in this time. And, and Scott's yelling at him, like, what are you doing? Like, don't do that. I like how you're calling him PCO. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's who I know. I that's know that's who he I, is.
0: That's who he is now. I know. I know. I just watched him in Russell in a match recently. <laughs> uh, and there's another moment where Rick goes to the top, and then he realizes he can't go to the top, and he goes to the middle, and then he does this like dive, this weird dive that he just basically well, aims for PCO's legs. It's not a weird dive. It was because he was
1: he didn't set up. I think it was yeah, Pete didn't set up Pierre in the right position. And so he were like, "Oh shit, I have to do a splash." He's <laughs> it, and he's supposed to put the knees up, right? And it just looks ridiculous. But luckily, yeah, so it's bad. in 1993, and the fans aren't going to crap on it like they would do now and say you effed up. And yeah, all that exactly. Kind of silliness. But um, you know, it made the, the Bay Faces the match to to set the to get over the rules. You know, it put the Bay Faces in a in a. In position and look like idiots, but at least it was with Rick Steiner who's supposed to be kind of the, you know, the not the you know he's the more of a the simpleton of the brothers right I guess and yep and so like it, it it works there but the funniest thing is like well I guess Steiner does the Steiner screwdriver which is a pile driver so I guess uh, that kind of works but yeah this is this is a funky match and the finish was Ugh so frustrating.
0: So uh, Johnny Polo it, it comes to ringside and he's wearing a Canadians jersey so he is now paired off with with them. Uh, during the match Vince takes a shot at the dull football game that other people are watching. I didn't I guess I never realized the you know the war between Monday Night Raw and and uh, and football until I didn't even I didn't realize it until I want to say it was like 96 or 97 cuz I remember Rod did this one match, which was like a football match yeah. or something. Yeah, I, uh, so yeah, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, so, so that's when I remember, I was like, Oh, like this is a thing. Like they're sort of competing against each other, but no, all the way back to 1993, Vince uh, is talking about that dull football game. So Johnny Polo carries with him. Is it a hockey? St- is did he have a hockey stick or was it like a lacrosse stick or it was I a, think hockey it was stick. a hockey stick? Hockey right. Stick, it was yeah. a hockey stick. So Johnny Polo, obviously, you know, he's, he's a heel manager. So he's trying to get stuff and his hockey stick gets tossed in the ring. So Jacques grabs it. And of course, Scott doesn't want to get hit with it. So he takes it from Jacques and then he decides to use it right in front of the referee gets disqualified. The Steiner brothers lose their tag team champions. So Rick who you just described as a simpleton and who was the one confused about the rules and who was the one getting yelled at by his brother is not the one that screws up. It is Scott. He gets disqualified. The Quebecers are the new tag team champions, and they said, I don't know if this is true, that they were the very first French-Canadian WWE, WWF tag team champions.
1: Wasn't like Rick Martel and Dino Bravo tag team champions a long time ago?
0: Um, I don't know. We'll have to look that one up. Well, well, Nick, Nick, we don't even have to look it up. Nick will tell that's us. Right. Nick, Nick will tell us. Nick, he's on. He's on it right now. Yeah, he's on. He'll tell us on Twitter when he gets around to listening to this. Yeah, um, this match was so frustrating to me because
1: I, I felt like someone missed a whole lot of this match, which is during the heat on the baby face. That's when Giant Polo has to take cheap shots with that damn. Hockey stick, right? It has to be used behind the referee's back, constantly until the bay faces just snap, and that's when they get it. And they're just frustrated. They don't, they're so they're so blind rage. That's when they use the hockey stick. They get disqualified and realize, oh shit, you know what I mean? But like, there's no reason for him to use it. Other than yeah, Jock was going to, going to use it, but then you could simply take it from him and toss it to the side and continue to wrestle.
0: Yeah like, or bre- break it in half. Yeah.
1: So you can't yeah, use it. Yeah, break it in half. That's you know, it's like you could have booked it either two ways. You could have booked it where, you know, Scott is getting the heat and 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 Rick's getting frustrated cuz he's getting he sees the being hit with the hockey stick and then you know, Rick just loses it or you know, or you know, opposite too. You could do the same thing with Rick uh, Scott losing it cuz he's such a hothead, right? So it just it just didn't I can't imagine Vince being happy with the way this went all down. You know, I, it just—it was just a—it
0: just just did not work. The next match is Tony DeVito against Mr. Perfect, and there's a point in this match where DeVito runs to the back and Perfect goes to chase him. <laughs> and the entire time, I'm thinking, "Oh, this is where Diesel like gets Perfect. Like, this is this is actually kind of cool." Nope, just grabs him, throws him back in the ring and beats him up and wins with the with the perfect plex. So nothing nothing really there. Um, um there was a little something there. Um do you see how pissed Perfect was at the end?
1: Well he's always pissed. Well the uh, Tony DeVito went up like like a bag of shit for that perfect <laughs> plex. he had a really I mean he went up for it but like you know, Kurt Henning had a struggle to get him up.
0: Well for yeah it. and and he's historically a guy with a bad back too so yeah, he's probably not so too he, not too
1: happy i mean he didn't like beat the shit out of it but he gave him a couple slaps and a couple extra stomps and he was like he was pretty heated with that which you know tv was not a bad worker so i don't know what happened there but yeah he went up he just went up like a like a sack of shit and 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 perfectly let him know that he was pretty pissed about that i would hate to be in the back after that if, if, if he even did talk to him about it but i can see him being really upset
0: so they showed a clip from, I guess it would be the maybe the Survivor Series or the SummerSlam tape or something. Yeah, where, it was actually uh, on the show that we watched. They included it. Really? And
1: you, yeah, you might have turned it off during the after the music video.
0: I think I, I probably did. Yeah, it was the, the the great music video they had at after the celebration of Lucas gigantic countout win. No, I was so upset that they were playing this celebration for a countout win that I just shut the show off. Yeah, well, they showed, you know, they showed highlights of
1: the show, the, you know,
0: and then they had
1: this this moment where they're they're getting a interview with Luger, and in comes
0: Ludwig Borga. And so Borga comes in and cuts a promo on Lex, and I'm kind of confused, and Lex is confused too, because Lex looks at him as if he's like, I'm not even the champ guy, like, what are you mad at me about? And uh, I, w- I felt the same way, though. I will say um, uh, our, our friend uh, Marcus Mack, the uh, the guy who runs all pro wrestling out here in uh, in the Bay Area in San Francisco and in, in Daly City. He messaged me because, you know, we did a little uh, we did a half of a bio for for Tony. Uh, he, he told me it's correctly pronounced Hall May, not home. And he uh, he basically you know gave me a bunch more information about about mm-hmm. Hall May. Um, so, uh, shout out to Marcus Mack as well. Uh, and so, you know, at this point, you know, I think it's, uh, they're trying to set up Borga and Lex, except Lex is hurt at this time. And so he's, he's out for a couple weeks. So I, I don't know exactly what Borga does while Lex is, is gone. Uh, but, uh, but they that, that program gets stunted a little bit. Cause Lex is, is, uh, I think he's got like a back injury or something.
1: Well, I'm sure you just have Borga squashing people, right?
0: Yeah. And by the way, breaking news, breaking news. I got my Hall of Fame ballot. <laughs> that I got mine too. That's why I saw uh, it, it came in when we were talking. So I was wondering, and I was correct in the email that I <laughs> knew it was going to be under. <laughs> um, we'll have to we'll have to go over our votes uh, in an upcoming issue. I, I, I'm uh, last year I was a first time voter, and so I was very conservative in who I was going to pick. But I am I'm going to. Do a little bit more research, dig into a little bit more from the eras that I don't know. Uh, Also, I'm going to be a little bit more comfortable choosing from the different territories where I just tried to choose from the USA and a lot of the uh, the the current generation. Uh, with my last ballot, so I'll I'll be a little bit more uh, liberal with my my choices, and and, uh, we'll we'll talk (laughs) about it. It'll it'll be a good segment, because you and I will... I I will tell you... I will tell people now, John and I will have completely different ballots. Yeah, yeah. It'll be fun, though. Alright, Razor Ramon against The Executioner. He was not fat enough to be Buddy Rose. No, I think it was...
1: I couldn't tell if it was Dwayne Gill or... Or Barry Hardy. I want to. I'm leaning towards. I'm leaning towards Barry Hardy, though.
0: Bobby Heenan's making jokes about an attorney or something. Oh, that was good. What did he say? Uh, You should get a lawyer, Vince. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it was about Vince's. uh, You know, we we talked about that last week, where you know they're they're starting the they're getting ready to start the trial, uh, for Vince. So. In yeah. very, in very, I, I was that was like, ballsy, man. I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah.
1: I guess you know he can get away with that because he's leaving soon.
0: <laughs> so uh, Razor destroys the poor executioner with the back suplex from the second rope, which you said in one of the previous podcasts that you would never, ever have taken if you were a wrestler.
1: So scary looking.
0: And then he drills him with a very nice Razor's Edge. It was, uh, he didn't him. he him. I mean, he, he threw him a little further than he throws guys generally. So what did you think about this?
1: What they did with the finish?
0: I don't even... I mean, what I what stood out? I don't even remember
1: what stood out. Well, like, you know, he went, ho- he went home with the back suplex. Went over with the back suplex.
0: Oh, yeah, and then he used the razor's edge after the match was over. So
1: here's my theory on it, why they did it this way. Is that I think they're just... You know, because Razor Ramon's is a newly turned babyface, he has this hot finisher, the Razor's Edge. So, I think it was, like, a way to kind of just put, feature it a little more, right? Mm-hmm. Give it its moment. Like, maybe p- get people to call for it, you know? So, I think that's why they did that. To see if, like, to get that thing over, like, like the DD. Because that thing ended up getting over big time, the Razor's Edge. I mean, remember, he would just get the guy in position, throw his arms in the cross, you know, position. you know, And then people be, like, go oh, nuts. So...
0: Well, I, I mean, I w- once w- I saw this move uh, as the Diamond Death Drop when he mm-hmm. was in WCW. Like that became the the move to do in the swimming pool, man. If you <laughs> if you were swimming pool wrestling with your friends, the whole goal was to get someone in the Diamond Death Drop and 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 drop them into the pool.
1: I thought it was like one of the coolest moves I've ever seen. Absolutely, and like the scare one of the scariest moves I've ever seen too. And it still kind of scares me, but, um, but yeah, it it looked. It look it looked really cool. Then I ended up liking how like I think it was called the uh uh the kind of splash mountain power bomb or whatever it was, where mm-hmm. you know, the guys would be in the Razor's edge, but then Conan would do this to like all the blue luchador guys and like he'd throw them up and end up being in a power bomb, which I always thought that was pretty cool too.
0: So there's a commercial that airs and the commercial shows a sort of balding not necessarily handsome male wrestling fan (laughs) who is not interested in this very attractive woman coming on to him in the bedroom. But he finds out that Raw is on and that's what gets him excited. (laughs) Not this sexy woman who is trying to, uh, trying to, uh, you know, get his attention. It is the wrestling that is coming on to his television. Who is Vince talking to in these commercials? Like I was just like appalled. I was hotter like, holy crap. Raw is hotter than the hottest woman, I guess. Yeah, but but who but I mean, isn't isn't he essentially parroting his fan base? This is who he who this is who he believes watches his TV show.
1: Yeah, I, I just think it just meant like, you know, it's just, it's just too hot, you you know, too hot the to, you can't miss it, even if you're
0: with your hot wife. You know what I mean? Oh my God, I was I was just like I can't believe he actually did this. I mean, I can believe I can believe it, but it was still. And she was, was
1: uh, she was '90s hot for sure, and, absolutely, uh, and definitely uh, an extra on silk stockings.
0: So. <laughs> um, so uh, an interview with Vince and the Quebecers, uh, and so they did not want to give the Steiners a rematch, but it was determined that if one of the Steiners can beat one of the Quebecers one-on-one, that they will then get a rematch. So next week, it, it's going to be PCO versus uh, Scott Steiner. And so there's some stuff that we'll talk about in a second with Steiner. So I, I actually don't even remember what happens, but um, they, they are sort of in the uh, the midst of uh, of getting in trouble here for in a little bit. Um, Okay, so then um, there's a kind of a a real I I thought it was a cool clip of Bobby Heenan and Randy Savage at the Jerry Lewis telethon and Heenan playing the fool like he always does so well gets Jerry Lewis mixed up with Sherry Lewis, Mm -hmm. who had the lamb puppet. And then also with Jerry Lee Lewis, only for, you know, Jerry Lewis can then come back at him and call him a dummy or whatever he called him. Not that that was cool. I, you know, that, the Jerry, for people who, who, you know, aren't our age, like the Jerry Lewis telethon, like that's something that you have to literally be like our age to know about. And if you're young, if you're younger than us, you're like, what the hell is the Jerry Lewis telethon? Was it a big
1: deal in your household? Because we used to have that on, just, just sitting there and all the acts would come on and the special guests would come on and.
0: You know, it was definitely on our television growing up. My dad had Jerry Lewis movies. Like, mm. just always had Jerry Lewis stuff on TV. He got such a kick out of Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis goes to Japan, and <laughs> and and there's a baseball game, and, and I think there's a wrestling match in that same movie. Like, it's, yeah, lot, big time, big Jerry Lewis fans in my yeah, house. Yeah, that,
1: that clip definitely brought me back to, like, just – Seeing on my TV, the, the telethon, and seeing all those guests they would have. And, and I, at, that, at that age, I didn't know what it was for. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, I was just interested to in see who what what celebrity or musician I'm going to see come out next. And, you know, at that time, I probably stopped watching. Back in 93, I wasn't probably watching the telethon. But uh, it was cool to see that
0: segment. It was funny, and Macho was good, too. Macho has played a great straight man, you know. Um, so... The main event segment is uh, Doink the Clown facing Rich Myers. Yes. And so this is a very memorable segment from Raw. Like, I, when I saw that this was what they were going to do, I got so excited. So, uh, unfortunately, Crush had to do a little bit of a telephone uh, run-in, which did not add to the, the my enjoyment of this. But, you know, got to get Crush on the telephone. Um, Doink wins with the, you know, the butt drop, which I used to love even before he was Doink when he was big Josh in WCW. Uh, so Heenan tries to get Doink to take his bucket of either water or confetti. You know, you don't know cause that's the trick. Doink is either going to get you with confetti or he's going to get you with water. And he's trying to get Doink to get Savage or Vince. And so Doink, you know, Doink gets his his bucket and and uh, he's he's kind of he's kind of pretending, oh, I'm going to get Vince and uh-huh. Savage. And then he kind of turns at Heenan and Heenan's like, no, no, not me, not me. And he's like, no, 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 I was just kidding, I was just kidding. And instead he gets Heenan with the water. And so getting Heenan with the water is one thing. But Bobby Heenan on ice skates, like just in a puddle of water – And losing his balance and slipping and sliding and falling. I I mean, I thought I was like, man, how how did this guy not get hurt taking these falls on you know uh, on the mat outside the ring? But so amazing, Bobby was so great. I was dying laughing. So so what a like maybe the most perfect performer I've ever seen in wrestling, Bobby Heenan.
1: He's 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 the like he's just a great worker. Even in that segment with Jerry Lewis, he comes down does that little slip. Yeah, yeah. To just to look, like, just to just be an ass, you know, look like an ass. So,
0: awesome. And so here he awesome. goes
1: again, like sliding and slipping. But it was pretty wet, cause you know when Dwayne came out again, when they actually had extra time, or if you forgot he had confetti or something. To he forgot a can or whatever, you know, a bucket. Well, to throw out. Well,
0: I, well, I think what that was was like, he threw the water at Heenan, and then when he was when he could throw the water on the fans, instead it was confetti. So it was like a baby face turn, just based off of buckets.
1: Yeah, it was it was weird, but it was funny when he got that. The crowd was all like loving it, you know, getting doused that water. Um, it was it was definitely. I just seen this. I still think he had legs as a heel, though. You know, mm-hmm. I know. I think he gets in a feud with Lawler and stuff, or you know, because of what happened. I think Lawler may have blamed him for losing. Yeah. The SummerSlam stuff, but I just think he's you know he still had a lot with it my favorite i did like the crush stuff because remember i don't remember it as much yeah and then so i then i then now i started coming together like oh yeah he was you know it's kind of cool like oh we lost connection you know you got, he got hank b obviously like slams the phone down and once he hears macho talking mm-hmm. um i thought that was really good i liked how i liked how he's like all happy and nice you know look you know nice to, looking forward to update the fans and talk to vince and he hears macho's voice and he's just like click you know mm-hmm. And that and that squash was pretty good with, with uh, Doink and Rambling, Rich Myers. That was a really I mean, with all that going on with the phone conversation, but like that was a really cool like squash. I and mean, Rich is a good good worker, so he made everything look good. That belly belly looked good. Um, yeah, fans were like, what? I think the fans are ready for Doink's Bay Face. They love him, but I think they love the heel Doink. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. once he becomes babyface Doink, and obviously he changes. You know, Big Josh is fired or Matt Bourne is fired, and then. You know, Osborne comes on and does a gimmick. Um, it's it's definitely loses a lot of its luster.
0: Yeah, so I guess there are segments that they taped before this segment that actually happened next week where Bobby has to pretend he's sick from getting, <laughs> getting the water. So, you know, Meltzer's reporting like, yeah, you know, they kind of, you know, they kind of showed the fans, uh, how, you know, how the fake part of, of, wrestling by doing the Bobby's sick segments before he actually gets hit with the water. <laughs> um, so next week we mentioned the Steiner, uh, Scotty versus uh, PCO. And then there's going to be an interview with Brett, and uh let's dig into the observer archives so lex hurts his back in a match with Shawn michaels and uh he had to immediately be flown home to the doctor uh and uh the SummerSlam buy rate is down or actually it's about uh it's down year over year and it basically does as as well of a buy rate as king of the ring so you know, even though uh, ratings were up, and the angle between Lex and Yoko was hot, and they're just putting so much into this Lex character, right? It, it still, you know, it still basically does the same rating as King of the Ring. Though King of the Ring does have a Hogan bump, so I, I'm sure that was that was part of it. Um, so uh, our our good friend IRS who was supposed to be off the road for a month is put back on the road because Mr. Hughes is serving a six month or sorry, six week suspension. I'm not exactly sure what for possibly, uh, related to, uh, a lot of the medicine the guys were taking. Cause are we'll, as we'll see a couple other suspensions are coming, but I don't, I don't know for sure. Dave doesn't mention. Um, and then in the very next issue, Dave says he's not coming back. So Hughes is gone. I think here, Adam Baum replaces Hughes uh, originally, but then Baum is booked in a tag team with Bam Bam Bigelow against the Steiners. So he is now he so he is in the tag teams and that's why they got to bring IRS back. Um, So uh, Shawn Michaels quits (laughs) before dropping his Intercontinental Championship. Doink and Rick Steiner are also suspended. And because Rick is suspended, obviously Scott is off television. So I think I can tell this story because it is now, gosh, you know, 30 years later or whatever. But I was asking Big Dave Meltzer about this. And he said that when he wrote The Observer, he said he had written that um, it was uh, Scott who who, who was the one that got in trouble. And Scott actually, I don't know if he called him or wrote him a letter or something that said, no, I am clean. It was Rick. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and can you imagine Scotty Scott Sider being clean at that moment? So that was kind of funny. Um, and so, uh, the deal with Sean Michaels is that he was unhappy, which had caused him to gain weight, which we noticed he was up to 240 pounds, legit off of steroids with a noticeable belly for the first time in his career. and and let himself get out of shape here I'll, i'll just read this exactly there are many reports that contradict one another as to the reason for michaels leaving none of which we've been able to confirm as of press time negotiations were still going on between both parties largely because apparently titan had refused to give michaels the contract release which would allow him to begin negotiating with other promotions I don't remember what happens here and I don't want to remember. I'm not going to read ahead in the observer to, to remember what happened. I just want to watch how they deal with this week to week. Well, I do
1: know that they strip him the title. Why? I don't remember. I don't remember why. And then Razor wins it in the battle Royal. Oh no, he wins. He wins the battle Royal. No, the, the battle Royal happens. The last two final participants compete for the title next week, the following week. And Razor wins the title. I believe. And Sean is gone until Survivor Series when Jerry Lawler gets in trouble for raping that 13-year-old girl, or allegedly. And, um... And then Sean takes his place in Survivor Series.
0: Um... So it's... Is is that Sean with the King's Knights Knights or whatever? Yeah, like Greg Valentine, Jeff Gaylord, and... uh, is it Brian Christopher, one of them, or no? I don't know. I, I know that Terry Funk was supposed to be one, but yeah. then th- then he didn't do it. I know it's Greg Valentine, Jeff Gaylord, and I want to say Brian
1: Christopher, but maybe not, because I don't remember Christopher. God, it's been a while. I have to, when I, once I watch the match, I'll know. I know for sure once Greg Valentine, one's Jeff Gaylord. D- sure. d-
0: don't, wor- don't worry. Nick, Nick's got you. Yep,
1: yep. It's coming down.
0: <clears throat> so, Ted DiBiase and WCW were negotiating... But uh, they did not come up. They did not come to deal. Uh, DiBiase didn't get the money offer nor the dates he was after. Uh, the numbers uh, DiBiase wanted hundred to one hundred and twenty-five for a hundred date deal, and WCW didn't want to make that commitment. Uh, and Meltzer said that should show you uh, something about future contract negotiations because there aren't a lot of DiBiase-caliber performers in this country. He was also told that his first match back would be a 30-minute draw with Dustin at Halloween Havoc for the U.S. title, um, which he apparently didn't feel like was the appropriate way to begin with a new promotion. So we're... Doink is going to be gone, I guess, for a little while. And I think he's replaced by the Brooklyn Brawler. Is that correct?
1: the Brawler take it? I, know, I think Brawler does the gimmick, right? But I think eventually they end up with the
0: with Osborne, right? Because I will... Uh, so uh, Steve Kern, who was the backup Doink, is no longer with the company. Mm-hmm. And Matt Bourne was Doink. Who's Osborne?
1: Was it? Who was, 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 was the guy's name that takes over? Did we keep getting it wrong? We all thought it was Phil Apollo was like the other guy, right?
0: Oh, um, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm sorry. Got it. Got it. Uh, who plays Doink?
1: God, we just we just went over this like a couple months if, ago.
0: Yeah, a few months ago. Um, so it was. Uh, let's see here. Who plays?
1: Why am I saying Osborne? Because it's a Matt Born's real name. Osborne. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> probably.
0: Uh, it's not Nick Dinsmore. He would do that later. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, it's not Steve Kerr. It is Ray Apollo.
1: Yes, thank you. Gosh, I don't know why I'm having a brain fart on that. But yes, that's what I mean. Ray Apollo,
0: not Osborne. Ray Apollo takes it over. So yeah, Ray Apollo plays Babyface Doink. In uh, yeah, so does um, does Matt Bourne get fired at some point? Yes, uh oh, he was so good, too. All right, so uh, so that is 1993 Raw. There's not that many Raws left, uh, until we're done with our little one year project of 93 Raws. I know we've talked about you know, are we gonna change, are we gonna do something different? I will tell you that I will miss the one hour version of Monday Night Raw in the current uh, iteration that we are watching.
1: Oh, yeah, because it's an easy get through and, you know, you know, always entertaining. Mm hmm.
0: Um, All right. So that is it. So you and I will get to check out uh, Clash of Champions this weekend together. We'll be able to watch that um and uh and yeah and like i said there's tons of boxing if you want to sit there and watch boxing all week you can uh and there's the ufc show as well so lots of stuff going on i will watch whatever i can uh follow john on twitter at laraka jl you can follow me at rohiblius and you can follow us at fight game media as well if i am catching stuff i will tweet about it for sure any anything that I watched this weekend, so um, I think I'm also going to record Wrestling Observer Radio with Big Dave on Friday. I know he wants to talk a lot about all the business stuff that's going on, so I think I'm going to do that show with him Friday evening for you Wrestling Observer subscribers.
1: Yeah, there's anyone out there they, in our in our fight ba- fight game uh, group page if they have a question that they want to you know ask us to cover on the podcast, you know f- you know feel free to. Put that out there because uh, you know sometimes I like I want to respond in a little more detail in the group, but sometimes it's just like you know quick response back. And so, if anyone wants to ask uh, Garrett or myself, then let us know.
0: And you know, people can also email us at Fight Game Pod at Gmail. Dot com And uh, any feedback. And, you know, I, I appreciate all the feedback that we got last week when I was asking about how does the show sound? You know, does it sound okay? We're upgrading equipment. And I got pretty much a universal thumbs up on, on how it sounded. So appreciate all those people. Um, and, you know, my, my guy, Sh- uh, Shibugin, uh, who who helps me with my audio stuff. Shout out to him. He, he's been awesome. And uh, everyone else, you know, Ben Cruz as well, who helps me with uh, producing stuff. He's uh, he's a badass podcast producer. So uh, for John, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.